so quiet, perfect night for a walk, no problems at all. Wait a minute, is that the Batman logo? Oh, now it's turning into the Superman logo? Okay, well, call those guys. I'm off tonight. Okay, wait a minute. Now it's turning into a guitar. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe they won't see me. Maybe they won't call. Tom <sighs> and Dave! In a world entrenched in darkness, desperately seeking hope and security, a coalition of nations invoke a highly classified program, commissioned by their ancestors generations ago, for such a time when all else has failed. They called for but one man to light the flame, to carry the torch, which is really a guitar, ready to blast the battle cry. Behold, the time has come for... Rock and Roll! Welcome in, my friends. We are back. Yes, that's right. We are back. So great to have you with us. I told you we were coming back. It was a little bit of a break, a week and a half or so uh, worth of a break. Well earned, we think. You know, we gave our producer some time off, although he seems to act like he's on time off when he's working, but that's okay. (laughs) Now he's giving me that look. Um, That's why we don't give him a microphone so he doesn't respond, but you know that. I'm just kidding. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. You know, we were... um, I, yeah, I know there's so much music news that's happened since we were here before. Um, K.K. Downing was the final, or not final, the last show we did. You know, we had K.K. Downing on the show talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination and uh, got some good feedback on that show, so we love that. Um, lots of stuff to talk about here. Josie Scott will uh, return to Saliva with a new album and tour in 2020. Uh, an interesting interview with uh, with Paul Stanley talking about his relationship with Gene Simmons, so that's interesting, too. We'll get into a little bit of that Um These guys have had such a unique relationship over the years, very combative at times, very tense, I think we all know, a very tense uh, situation that they went through over the years from the 80s. Apparently there was a big dust up in the 90s where Gene and Paul weren't even talking. I didn't even realize that, but we'll get into that also here. But we've got it. I mean... uh, couple housekeeping notes we are planning a great uh 100th show celebration yes we're technically past the 100th show and uh you know people the producers say well what are you planning and and how come you didn't do it already you know you've you've had 50 shows is it going to be like the 50th show i that was a different kind of extravagant for the 50th show this one, it's going to be more looking, it's going to be looking ahead, but it's going to be a best of. I mean, but but not a, not a, a cut and paste best of. Don't, no, don't, don't oh gosh, you know, uh, he just comes back and now he's talking about doing a, uh, you know, a, a, a retread of shows. No, 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 that's not what we're doing. Stay with us. Stay. <laughs> he comes back after a week and a half and now he's mailing it in. No, that's not what's going on. Take a breath. Take a breath, everybody. Now, we, we've had some great folks on here. Uh, you know, Desmond Child, my favorite human that I've met in 2019. Just a great, wonderful person. Great songwriter. Great musician. Um, you know, co-writer of You Give Love a Bad Name. Co-writer of... Uh, 
uh, gosh, what was uh, living on a prayer? Dude looks like a lady Aerosmith. Uh, I was made for loving you, of course. And hit, by the way, his album, because we had him on here promoting his album, Desmond Child Live, uh, which is out now. It came out around this time, uh, late October. So that's out. Uh, our interview, if you miss it, you, if you missed it, you can go to desmondchild.com. The interview's on his website, or you can find it in the plethora of archives. Uh, what was that show? Uh, show 80, 89? Show number 89? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's... <laughs> don't, well, don't ask me off the top of my head. I'm not going to remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm giddy, he says. I'm giddy. Well, you know, we've got the, the, um, I, th this is risky business, okay? Because what we're doing is this show is, not this show, your host is now powered by, uh, express, uh, what is this? This is a, it's not an espresso. Uh, well, it's a, it's an Americano. But I asked them for decaf. I said, you know, it's a little bit late in the afternoon. How about decaf? And they said, well, you know, we don't really. It will take a while to do decaf. And I, I was, I, I thought I was going to fall asleep, but while they were making the decaf, <laughs> so I, we said regular caffeine, and that's fine. Regular caffeine. So yes, and then we put a little bit of uh, two percent milk in here. This is absolutely wonderful and delicious. So yes, if I seem a little bit, well, first of all, I've had time. I've had a break to get a lot of rest. Okay, at least for podcasting, a lot of rest, uh, which it's a different kind of week off when you take time off for a podcast. But but my point, my point is that uh, so I, I I'm well rested for that, but I'm also well rested because uh, or well energized because of the caffeine here uh, that's going on uh, a very controlled uh, consumption of caffeine. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So yes. Um, we will, uh, we've got, uh, there's a lot of housekeeping. I, I said this is housekeeping, but it's a big house, right? <laughs> uh, big housekeeping here, and it's a solo job that we're doing. So yeah, we're doing it all. Uh, so thanks for bear, bearing with us. Um, as we took some time off, as we come back and we say, yes, we are planning uh, some a, a nice look back uh, at some of the stuff. Desmond Child, um, you almost threw me off track. Don't you? See, since we came back from vacation, I still don't give the producer a microphone. That's why. So some things don't change for for the sake of streamlining the program. Very important. Very important. Um, so yeah, Desmond Child, uh, we had KK back on the show uh, reacting to the Judas Priest uh, nomination uh, second time they were on the ballot for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Rob Halford actually made some news saying that, you know, he would really very much look forward to that honor. Uh, we've got some kiss news out there. Uh, we have, um, and this other thing I was telling you about, uh, well, Anton Fig was on the show too. So there's a, there's a reason, there's a big reason that we're going to do a uh, multifaceted approach to a, um, I guess you can call it a, uh, uh, the best of the second half of our show. You know, we'll have some of the early stuff on there too. Nathan East, uh, bassist for Eric Clapton. I just, I gotta tell you, you know, it's hard to believe we're over 100 shows, slightly over, just slightly. So we're still close to the end, to the, to the milestone. Don't, you know, don't get it twisted as the kids say these days. Is that what they say? Don't get it twisted. Is, is, I think that's what they say. More coffee. <laughs> More coffee will not make me sound hip, okay? It won't make me sound hip. Um, 
But looking back, Klaus Mana from Scorpions on the show, I mean, we've had so many people who have been here uh, phoning in. It's been wonderful. It's been so fantastic. So, uh, you know, and, and some of the interviews that we did over at Fox, um, uh, we kind of repurposed on the show here. Paul Stanley, obviously, Sammy Hagar, everything else, um, you know, Rick Allen, you know, Def Leppard, uh, David Coverdale. So, so, yes, I mean, just it's been a really special uh, six months now, if you can believe, we started the show back in March, and uh, we were testing all kinds of things, like the microphone. You had to get, you know, we had one microphone, and then that didn't work, so we had to get another one. And um, then we said, okay, now we have the right. We don't have the right cables. We had to go back, went to, you know, back to the store, and you know, got it all figured out. So, uh, you know, a technical excursion, as it was a creative excursion as well. But yes, we are here, and uh, enough of me babbling. Um, let's go to me talking about content uh, so we'll do that we'll talk there's a lot of content to talk about so um yes uh, we're gonna take just we'll do the social media stuff in a second to uh, tell you you know the quick little uh breather we take here and then we'll get into some of the news going on uh, and uh, something really hilarious with eddie van halen and we'll talk about that more after a quick word Hello, friends. Thank you so much for checking out this program. If you want to know more about this show or your host, you can check out DaveKinchin.com for all of the information. Also, find us on social media, Dave Kinchin USA, on Twitter, on Facebook, Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. And for the Dave Kinchin Tonight public affairs program, just search Dave Kinchin Tonight on Facebook. Oh, yeah. So Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are very close, and they've never been closer, according to a Paul Stanley interview. We'll get into that in a moment. Also, Josie Scott will come back to Saliva for 2020 with a album and tour. And boy, I've been missing him. And, you know, th those early songs, uh, I mean, you know, Back Into Your System, that record, and, and King of the Stereo. I mean, they had so many great songs when I was in college, and they just got you fired up if you were going to play a basketball game and play miserably like I did, you at least had some good music to get you all fired up. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But I want to get into this because I've been looking forward to talking about this like nothing else, okay? What would happen if... <laughs> Sometimes I grin cheek from cheek to cheek and it's hard to talk about these things without being so enthusiastic, you know? Um, so imagine you go to a concert you enjoy the show and you are you ask somebody to take a picture of you in front of the stage but you don't realize the person you <laughs> yeah it's like the david lee roth thing i'm giving this away already but anyway and i'll fill you in on that too so you ask somebody in the audience sitting fairly close to the stage to take a picture of you in front of the stage but you don't realize that the person you asked to take the picture is more than just a little bit famous more than they're actually one of the biggest rock stars in the world how about that yeah th that happened eddie van halen fine I'm, i'll give it to you S sooner than i thought so uh well wolfgang van halen you know his son who's the bassist for van halen he's played bass in van halen since uh, 2006 although i really miss michael anthony i think wolfgang's really grown on me he's supposedly working on a solo album we haven't really seen anything on that yet or heard much uh, on that yet, 
Um, he's also playing drums on Clint Lowry's solo record, too. But, uh, but in any event, uh, Wolfgang's pretty active on Twitter. And, you know, Eddie named the guitar line. Eddie's guitar line, the second generation of Wolfgang guitars. I think they're probably on their several generations now but you know pv did the early ones and then um um there's there was the new generation of wolfgang guitars when was that launched about 10 years ago now maybe i've got to go back and look but um that's the stuff that eddie van halen plays now you know he played the pv stuff during the um foreign lawful carnal knowledge record and and all the the earlier stuff um 90s era so wolfgang's you know his name is immortalized in the brand of guitars, his name is immortalized in um, his own contributions to Van Halen, um, the A Different Kind of Truth record, and so on. So Wolfgang goes on to Twitter, the Twitter, and he posts something that's absolutely hilarious. He says, there's a guy who, the, the tour concert finishes up, I think it, it looks like it was, it was over, uh, or was this before the show? We don't have the exact timing on this. Looks like, um, I, I'm willing to guess that this was after the show. And he asks this person, you know, you ask people to take a, a picture. First of all, usually you just do a selfie, right? I mean, you know, you just hold out the, whatever. I, that's what I would do is do a selfie. So he asks this um, person, this older gentleman, sitting in the audience to take a picture for him showing him and the stage behind him. He has no idea, as Wolfgang says on Twitter, that it was Eddie Van Halen who was asked to take this picture. The, one of the biggest rock stars in the world, obviously. I'm, 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 this is, I'm saying this to millennials who may not know, you know, like the, the younger end millennials who probably don't even listen to rock and roll, you know? So if you're tuning in, you're in the right place for one. <laughs> well, I would hope they would know. Maybe they know who Wolfgang Van Halen is, you know, because he has a lot of followers. You think? Well, and, and, in any event, uh, what we have here is a situation uh, where Wolfgang, I, I mean, he's, he's got to be dying laughing. He says, a kid just asked me, uh, just asked my dad to take a picture and had no idea who he asked. So imagine if, do you think they know, by the way? Do you think they know now that it was Eddie Van Halen? I, I hope they told him. I hope that Wolfgang said, hey, do you know who my dad is? Oh, well, I guess that would sound weird. Because Wolfgang doesn't sound like a, an, an, you know, a person who's arrogant or anything like that who's going to say, hey, you know who my dad is. He doesn't, like, he doesn't seem, yeah, he doesn't seem like that kind of person. But then again, I only know this from Twitter and things like that. You know, I don't, I've never met any of these guys except Sammy Hagar, so I have no idea how they are in person. Although I know Sam is fantastic and totally down to earth. So I imagine Eddie is too. Eddie seems like a, a, a very down to earth guy and Wolfgang seems like a very down to earth um, guy as well. Uh, so what would you do? What would you do if you were in that situation and you actually um, asked one of the biggest rockers in the world <laughs> to take a picture of you at a concert and you had no idea that it's one of the biggest like that it's an absolute rock legend how awesome is that i mean it's hilarious now that reminds me of and and i've got to see i haven't seen much on this in terms of whether um this this uh young person connected with uh, eddie van halen later and took a picture with them uh we know eddie van halen was spotted at a, at a dealership at a, at a car dealership 
So he's out and about. And this is so great because, you know, again, the story came out that, that said Eddie Van Halen has throat cancer. He's had He's been going back and forth to Germany uh, for special treatment for like the last five years. So we're seeing Eddie out there. And thank God. I mean, the more we see Eddie, I think the better it is for everybody, right? I think that's fair to say. And, uh, and what's interesting is he was seen there, then this happens, this, then this incident happens, and, and Eddie looks, you know, a little bit like he's been, he's been dealing with some medical treatment. He looks like he's, his body's been, you know, dealing with some of the medical treatment. Uh, I don't know if it's chemotherapy, but, um, you know, things that you would deal with, right? Uh, you know how chemo can have an impact on the body. But how great is it that we see not only Eddie Van Halen out at a concert with his son, and by the way, he posted a picture with uh, Wolfgang, posted a picture with Eddie and uh, his mom, Valerie Bertinelli, of course, uh, Eddie's first wife uh, on, you know, so he's he's making the, he's out there on social media and it was a great picture to see Eddie, Valerie and, and Wolfgang out there together. Very cool stuff. But it's interesting. It's just so interesting to me uh, to see Eddie out there, out and about. But what, I mean, I just, I don't know what, like that situation is just wild to me. You know, it's kind of like when David Lee Roth was in Vegas and uh, he was at a hotel suite. He was walking around the, the lobby or the uh, the floor, whatever floor he was on. He knocks on this door and uh, there's some guys playing Van Halen. <laughs> you know, this was a this was what back in March earlier this year. And th they had no idea who this person was. You know, hey, I heard you guys are playing some Van Halen. David Lee Roth, op the, the guys open the door and there's a camera. Roth's got a camera crew with him. And they have no idea who David Lee Roth, they, they have no idea who, who is there. These guys were probably in their 20s. They were probably, I right, you'd say they're in their 20s, wouldn't you? Exactly. Producer with no microphone, yeah. Yeah, I'd say they were about in their 20s. And, you know, just having a good time in a suite, having a, 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 a get together, you know, a little bit of a party. They're playing Van Halen and David Lee Roth comes up and says, hey, I heard you guys are playing Van Halen. They had no idea who it was. Now, I'm saddened by that as a, a Van Halen fan since I was 10 years old. I'm saddened by that. Yeah. No, I am. It's, but it's, well, okay. But f fair enough, David Lee Roth wasn't in Van Halen at that time, you know. And I'm probably older than these guys who didn't know who he was. But I'm just a music nerd like that, too, so I don't really count, okay. Super fans don't count. I mean, it's, it's said you have to either be a super fan or or just, you're you're just completely you know, oblivious to it, right? So, so I just, <laughs> it's hilarious. But it's, it's, it was a heartwarming story. It really was. So I just wanted to share that. So we got to find out whatever happened to that kid, whatever happened, where they ended up, because I'm really curious about that. Uh, so if we find out uh, if, you know, certainly I hope, would it be amazing? I, I'm sure he would know that he asked Eddie Van Halen to take a picture. And hopefully he's not going to find out from this podcast that that was Eddie Van Halen. I can't imagine that. See, things are just like they always were, where I go on and on and on and I don't look at the clock. So... <laughs> So things haven't changed that much. We were away for a week and a half, but things haven't changed that much, obviously. You know, uh, we're going on and on about Eddie Van Halen. And, and listen, anything about Van Halen or 
Eric Clapton or Genesis or Kiss, and I will go on and on. I just, it's what I do. So let's get to this right now, uh, and we'll we'll get into some of the other stuff that's out there a little bit later. By the way, we're praying for Frankie uh, over with uh, Quiet Riot because of uh, he's been diagnosed with uh, stage four pancreatic cancer. He was back on stage at the Whiskey A Go Go for the first time after missing some shows. He was going through some treatment. Um, so, you know, he's in his 60s and, you know, none of those guys are, are uh, you know, spring chickens anymore just because, you know, time goes on. You know, we all get older and everything. But best wishes to Frankie, who's back uh, behind the drum kit there after going through uh, some treatment there, but still dealing with uh, stage four pancreatic cancer. So we're praying for him. Uh, so, again, um, Paul Stanley talking about um, an interview he did with the. Uh, Let There Be Talk uh, podcast uh, with Dean Del Rey, I believe is the name here. And he was asked uh, by the host of the show uh, about his relationship with with, uh, Gene Simmons. And uh, you remember uh, just a few years ago, and I've got my signed copy, uh, Paul Stanley's book, Face the Music, A Life Exposed. He talks about all kinds of things growing up uh, with a deformed ear, uh, talking about, uh, you know, being a misfit and how all of a sudden he goes from being a misfit to being adored by, you know, millions of people around the world, sought after by many fans, of course. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, you can, he, he, you can read the book to get a, into all of the details about that. Uh, but he and he talks about his former bandmates and his current bandmate and co-founder of uh, the organization Gene Simmons, and it's a massive organization as we know. I mean, it's not just a band, not just a legendary band. It's a band with five thousand licensed products and promotional mechanisms. Uh, the Rock and Brews restaurants at one point, the LA Kiss Arena football team, and so many things that they do. And uh, in the book, so in the interview, uh, you know. Paul, first of all, the book Paul Stanley lays out everybody. Peter, Chris, Ace Fraley, the original members. He's critical of everybody, even himself. And he talked about Gene Simmons in the book. He says that Gene was, uh, you know, basically disappeared in the 80s. He was doing movies that weren't very good, in Paul's words. Well, not his exact words, but words to that effect. Uh, Paul said he was kind of embarrassed by some of the, the movies that Gene Simmons was doing. And, uh, you know, basically said, where did everybody go is a line from the book. He said, you know, Gene wanted full credit, but wasn't putting in all of the work, wanted to get certain songs on the record, but, you know, was was carving out these uh, very bad demos while he was going out to do a movie or produce another band. And then, and I didn't realize this, but there was, in this interview um, with Let There Be Talk, uh, Paul talks about how things they weren't speaking at one point in the 90s, you know, in the 90s that Gene and Paul were not speaking back then, which I imagine had to be, I'm thinking, before the reunion, uh, because everybody had to be kind of on board for the reunion and involved in that, um, uh, you know, at one point. Uh, but anyway, uh, he was asked, uh, Paul Stanley was asked uh, by the host, you know, was it weird? Were things weird between him and Gene Simmons? Uh, following the release of the book and all the things that Paul Stanley put in the book. And he said, well, Paul basically says, you know, I I will stand by the things I said. I'm paraphrasing. He'll stand by the things he said in the book, but that actually they've never been closer. Uh, And, you know, Paul's had that remark. He said, you know, Gene lives down the street from me. I can see his ego from my house and, you know, all those kind of lines. You know, they said they're brothers, but they never could agree on how you treat your brother. Those were almost those sound bites that you would hear him say all the time. So my thought on that is, uh, and, you know, some of the other things he says 
Uh, I mean, he basically, Paul Stanley expresses gratitude, saying that uh, Paul Stanley says that Gene Simmons is his partner, his brother, and his family. Um, he says, Paul Stanley says he feels like he's uh, the the uncle to uh, Nick Simmons and uh, Sophie uh, Simmons, uh, Sophie the daughter, uh, Gene's uh, son and daughter, uh, of course, and um, and that would make sense. And and he says that Gene was was there uh, in the early years when Paul Stanley's son Evan uh, was born and came around. So uh, he's painting the picture of how there's a special relationship between the two. That uh, you know Paul Stanley's kind of like the uncle to Gene's kids, and uh, you know that the Gene is uh, you know obviously very close to uh, Paul's family. Now. Paul Stanley did not invite Gene Simmons to his wedding, and and part of that was, you know, Gene Simmons has talked about, you know, before Gene Simmons got married to to Shannon, obviously, you know, Gene had been very critical of the institution of marriage, and Paul said, well, you know, if you have these feelings about marriage, you don't need to be at my wedding, so, and that was a later thing, that was something, you know, not five years ago, I don't even think ten years ago, but it was, it was, you know, something in the later years of their relationship that was a pretty sizable thing for Gene to not be there, so they've had some tension, okay, so my read on this is that, I, you know, I, I think Paul is somebody who, you know, is at his age, uh, you know, not, not that, I, I think you reach an age where you start to realize that uh, you know what matters in life. And especially when you've accomplished your life dreams and you've made a good life for your teammate. In this case, Gene and Paul are very close, very, uh, you know, they're, they're partners in the organization, they're, they're co-owners in the KISS everything, right? So it makes total sense to me that um, there can be this this family atmosphere, this bond. You grow up, you mature, you realize what's important in life. And you can tell just by the way um, Paul has connected with Ace Fraley, you know, early uh, the original lead guitarist, of course, for Kiss, how they've connected and, and uh, they have a, a more... Uh, conciliatory is that the term maybe a more uh, civil relationship that uh, than what existed in the early years after Ace left the band uh, you know and and that sort of thing so I I, I think um, I, it's just an interesting history that they've had I mean they've grown up together practically they had the band Wicked Lester they uh, dissolved that band they put Kiss together after that um, they've had moments of tension, but uh, you get in this interview how close that Paul Stanley is to Gene, how they respect each other. And, you know, Paul's the kind of guy who, who's he's, he's a brilliant marketer, you know. Um, somebody once said, I think it was Anthony Mason on, on CBS uh, this morning, there was an interview back when Face the Music uh, came out, Paul's book. So about five years ago or so, I, I want to say something like that, where... Uh, you know, people think, uh, you know, Mason said, and I'm going from memory here, Mason said something to the effect of, well, people think that Gene is the, the brains behind Kiss or something of that sort. Now, I think Paul said that, and then Paul said, well, Gene's really the mouth behind Kiss, you know. And Gene did say, or Paul said in the book, that Gene uh, was somebody who would... Um, uh, Paul said that Gene was somebody uh, who would enhance his role in the band you know he would say i instead of we when talking about the group people would assume and they still mistakenly write these articles saying that gene simmons is the front man of kiss and 
he, technically that's not, no, Paul Stanley is the front man of KISS. So, uh, Paul has even said over the years that, um, that Gene has given this impression that he is the sole figurehead with KISS. And certainly Gene has the most dominant makeup too. So that would contribute to Gene's image of being maybe the more dominant force in the band. Uh, and, and that's certainly irked Paul over the years. He writes about that in his book. He's talked about that in interviews. Um, but it's certainly clear that those two have, you know, they, I don't think that the band would have been what it is today without each other and, and what they've done. So it's, it's great. It's great to see them coming together after a complicated history. But isn't that life, though? Isn't that, I mean, a marriage can be complicated, a business partnership can be complicated, that sort of thing. It's always a fascinating topic, I think, to look at. Anyway, just some of that there, uh, some thoughts on Paul Stanley talking about Gene Simmons, how they are close and like brothers and uh, looks like all is well in that world. Just don't ask how Gene and Ace are doing. I think that's the most important thing. All right, we're back and we'll be back with you later this week. We're going to get to more of the other stuff on our list here. And yes, we're still talking about great classic rock logos and what makes a great logo, the story behind those logos. That on the next show, my friends, welcome back to The Fold. The Fold.